five, four. Hello, it is Thursday with Arnie. I'm Reginald Brett. I'm Arnie Costa. And we have a special guest today, Joe Jones, former police officer, played in the what's that? A college baseball World Series and all that. Woo -woo. So I guess we get a little baseball context today. So Joe, tell us about your new book. Uh, well, you know, it's it's basically my story. Um, What's the title? The, the the title of it is The Tragic Life of a Black L.A. Cop. And it's Truth for Change, which is the platform that I'm uh, pushing in terms of telling the truth and hopes for change in terms of reform of the police departments and get them to look at some of the things. That so you're about them. defunding the police department? I, I absolutely am not about defunding. There you go. So we have bumps and warts and problems, but I still need to call the cops or somebody breaking exactly. in my house. I, sure. I want I want the police to have better guns than the, 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 the people doing the robberies. Right. right. So that that's not my plight. My plight is not to defund the police. It's to kind of restructure how they do what they do. Accountability. Exactly. You know, I'll <laughs> we always, all need accountability. I'll Go ahead. Always, I'll always remember one a, a great movie I saw as a kid, Serpico, mm -hmm. which was with uh, not Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino. Yeah. And it was about the New York City cops mm -hmm. and how they were corrupt and they were this. And Serpico mm -hmm. was a was like a a good cop. Mm -hmm. And anytime he had some problems and he wanted to bring it to light, what was going on within the New York City, there was the faction that was trying to, I mean, they would shoot him. Yeah. And they yeah. even said, hey, yeah. Frank, you got to be careful when yeah. you go on patrol. Yeah. You might catch a cop's bullet. Yeah. And it was just, it, it opened my eyes because when it came out, I was probably 16 or 17. We always think that it's good. Right. Again, it's just the dynamic process. We are in an evolutionary cycle. Everything always changes. The only thing consistent is there's going to be death, there's going to be taxes, there's going to be change. How do you adapt and adjust and, you know, continue to have quality of life for yourself as we go through the change? So it's sure. just about adapting and, and making a difference. And, and I read the first 56 pages of your book, so it's fun, it's interesting. I laughed. I said, oh, look at <laughs> But it flows exceptionally well. It's yeah. a quick read. It's in instructional. It's 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 a you know elevating because you tell the truth. There's yeah. nothing more powerful and impactful than telling, telling the, the truth. truth. So you know I know I have more pages to get done, but it's a a great book and I highly recommend it. And it's called The Tragic Life of a Black L.A. Cop, and it's by Joe Jones. So take a look at what's your website. Uh, the website is Truth. The 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 spelling T H T R A. Wait, no, no, excuse me. T-R-U-T-H, the number four, and then change. C-H-A-N-G-E, and then dot life. Dot life. That's the uh, the website. Sounds like a plan. All right, man. So it's a beautiful day in Los Angeles, California. We have some great gentlemen in the house just talking about, you know, baseball and <coughs> NFTs and books and life and, and going through this new cycle of life. It was not back to the new, to the normal. There is no old normal. It's no. a it's now adapting, adjusting to what is the new normal. So one, it is what one it is. of the best things with the new normal, and I forgot mine, so I, I brought 
brought it downstairs. <laughs> but notice it isn't on as the mask. <laughs> I got the shot. Uh, I uh, went into Ralph's for the first time and I saw the guard and I and he was wearing a mask and I said, and I, so I put mine on and I said, do I have to wear this? He goes, no, you don't have to. We have to because of their CDC guidelines or they whatever. They got all kind of people coming in there. They need to yeah. be wearing it because that everybody is, even though you've had the shots, <clears throat> you still can't get it. You're probably not going to be okay. Yeah. But there's still people out there that have not gotten the shots and are, are walking around and, and, and distributing the, the virus. But it is what it is. I went and got myself poked. Because I need to move and groove and do and do what I need to do. So again, it's a dynamic world we're living. It's always constantly changing, and it's about adapting to that process. No, I killed, I killed that. Okay, it wasn't working right. So okay. we was on Clubhouse as well live, okay. and we had some technical issues, backtracking all that. So you just keep grinding and moving forward. So, so well, you know, if you're putting me on. With something with technical technology, you know you're getting issues. <laughs> you know he puts me on Clubhouse for the first time, and they go mute your mute your mic, and I don't even know where the microphone is. <laughs> they have to then call me and tell me lower right, hit the button. That's right. All that. That's right. Yeah. And so these guys are former baseball players, of course, already played about ten years after being drafted by eleventh overall pick in 1971 by the Detroit Tigers, played for the Yankees and Astros, and up and down as you do in the baseball cycle. Yep. And, of course, Joe played. Tell us about your baseball stuff, man. Uh, baseball stuff is, is – I had a very, very uh, Don't minimize baseball. it. Don't minimize it. It is what it is, no, no, baby. No, it, it was crazy. But, but I, Life but I, is crazy. But I ultimately lived my dream in terms of being drafted. But I got hurt when it was time for pay dirt. Okay? So I came up. I was a young guy. Um you know, baseball was what I did. It's what my family did. We loved it. We did it all day, every day. We would play with sticks, hitting up against uh, cans. You know, we would do anything. We, we just loved the sport. And uh, ultimately, uh, my problem was I got to high school at 13 years old. So I get to high school at 13 years old. I'm real small, little scrawny little dude. And uh, in the 10th grade, I ultimately got cut from JV baseball, right? So the summer between 10th grade and 11th grade, I went to Texas, was around all those corn-fed, yeah. big old cock-strong <laughs> went dudes, down and ate real food. And I too. ate good, and I came back. I grew four inches. And I was still only 14, but in my junior year of high school, I made Crenshaw High School's varsity baseball team with Daryl Strawberry, okay? And, uh, you know, a multitude of other very, very talented players. I made varsity, ended up ineligible. My senior year, I made varsity. Oh, I know why he was ineligible. He was chasing them girls. Ah, I read the book, baby. I know the details. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of I got caught up a little bit and ended up basically the one fail I got in my whole high school career I got a fail in gym my junior year. <laughs> that fail stopped me from being eligible. And that was two wow. weeks chasing that girl. I read the and book. Then, yeah, yeah. And then two weeks, I disappeared with a young man <laughs> that I liked quite a bit. You were saying, oh, that nose is wide open. She ended up quitting me for her old boyfriend. <laughs> so here it was, you know, just the whole famous situation. <laughs> where I, ain't got, I don't have baseball. Life. I didn't have my girlfriend. 
I didn't have nothing. You know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's it, was just, it was just figuring it out at that point, you know. I but ultimately, figured it out. But ultimately, I got back on track, and you know, after a few years, and I got back into baseball, which was my love and my passion. I, I worked really, really hard, and you know, ultimately go to junior college or go to junior college, you know, make you know all conference, right. and then you know, from that year I was drafted, and then the second year you know i ended up transferring over to uh even though i got drafted i didn't sign right because they wanted me to go to school and okay in texas somewhere right they sometimes that to... that's the new thing that draft and follow which yeah. i think they call it yeah me when i grew up i'm a little older than you yeah they uh you got drafted they put the contract down and the thing was you had to convince your mom yeah uh and I mean, I had my bags packed and everything when they came in. <laughs> I was ready. <laughs> I mean, I just where? What's the contract? You know, I was a tough negotiator. They would have given me a sandwich and a bus ticket. I probably would have <laughs> and they didn't make real money like they make now. They make generational money yeah. now. Yeah, it's, oh, it's it's people it's tell crazy. me today, if I was coming out of high school the way I was coming out with all the credos and kudos and everything else that. I had, I'd probably have signed for 12 to $15 million. That's upfront money. Yeah. yeah. And a guarantee on a 40-man roster. Right. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, in my trials and, you know, and through the process, like I said, for one, I made a team with Daryl Strawberry, okay? So that tells you the talent was there. Then in certain situations, I, I played a summer in a summer league team with Kevin Mitchell. I don't know if you're familiar with Kevin Mitchell. Kevin right. Mitchell with was the Giants with and, the, the, and the Mets. With the Giants and the Mets, an extremely, extremely good hitter. But anyway, I was the cleanup hitter on a team that he played on. Okay. So he had extremely – he had 50 home runs one year in, 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 in the major leagues. So it was known that my talent was there. And as well, not only did I have power, I had speed. I could run. So, right. you know, I had, I had the blend of what was needed, and then next thing you know, I got hurt. And, you know, it was just like the most debilitating thing ever to have your your eyes set on a, on a goal and and to go hard as you could possibly go to become something that you wanted to be. And then now have that that situation taken from you well, uh, with injury. That's like, ah. now that is something totally I understand. When I was six years old, if you asked me what I was going to be, I was going to be a pro baseball player. There was no fallback plan. Just give me the ball. I'm going to sign. I'm going to play pro baseball. Exactly. And that's what it is. And then when the day they come in and knock on your door and say, hey, it's over, you're gone, you have all of a sudden that I just die? Yeah. I mean, what just yeah. happened? Yeah. What do you mean I'm, I'm not going to be able to play anymore? And after that happened, you know, and then I moved out to California and you're talking about these guys. I knew Strawberry's brother, the cop, Michael, Michael. Yeah. And he's in my book. Okay. And yeah. I, and, and in the summer leagues, uh, we would be playing against guys like Strawberry because we would play all those, those mm -hmm. teams. And uh, I don't remember Mitchell. I, I, I'll tell you who I do else remember was, Art Burke, who's now, I believe, the head coach at Crenshaw. I played with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. You guys, yeah. tough-ass players. Yeah. And, you know, people would say to me, gee, you're going into such shit neighborhood, or bad neighborhoods. <laughs> 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 you know, to play. I, I want to play where, where talent is. I grew up in these kind of neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. It's just now 
it's sunny out in California instead of buildings in New York. <laughs> you know, those are the neighborhoods I played in in there. And it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. And that's where I got a reputation a little bit out here in California, as I was telling you. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't take crap from nobody. Yeah. But I remember Mike. Mike was a, I liked Mike. Mike Strawberry. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, Mike was the only police officer that I personally knew. Oh, okay. And he actually inspired me to become a police officer. He was. He used to be, uh, the, when I played in the league at Compton Gonzalez Park, which is called the Stadium right. in Compton. That's right. where all of the best players played in yeah. L.A. Michael Strawberry was also, he doubled as an umpire. Okay. So he was an umpire, but he was also, I knew him to be a devastating baseball player. And his whole family was right. a good baseball player. Right. Because my family and their family, we were equally yoked. We all knew each other. We grew up together. So Michael was the only person I knew that was a, a cop. And he, you know, he, when I came, when it came time for me to decide to go in that direction, he was a person I called to get information and find out what to do and how to do it. And Mike, Mike was a first class act. The thing I don't understand is Mike and Daryl, Mike is like a midget. (laughs) I mean, Daryl is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike is, uh, you know, he's shorter than I am. Yeah. And, you know, I, you know, I'm 6'2", or, well, unless you are looking at my baseball cards, and I'm 6'4", 6'5". <laughs> what, was, what was kind of cold is the next brother was Ronnie Strawberry. Right. And Ronnie is older than Daryl. Okay. But Ronnie is, was probably 5'8", five, 5'9". Five, oh, five, really? Ten, so he was short. 5'10", uh, 11". Yeah. And Daryl, 6'4", 6'6". 6'6". So it was like he just skipped him. They just cheated him out of his yeah. life. Yeah. And Daryl ended up, and you know, like I said, I watched every, the whole process. I watched everything. I actually was also, you know, in my 10th, my 10th, 11th grade year, uh, I, I just doubled, I, I went to the games as a bat boy, you know what I mean? So I can ride on the bus with the team, you know, they, and it used to be so funny because they used to all call me assholes because I would, I would never get the bats. <laughs> I didn't do what I was there to do. You know, so yeah. it was funny. Yeah. And they all loved me. I was a young guy. But I, my cousins were, were very instrumental on the team. My cousin was a starting catcher, starting pitcher, starting shortstop. These are all my family members. And they were all pretty tough. Nobody was going to mess with me because they weren't going to mess with They don't want to mess with my cousins. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but, but at the end of the day, we, it was a love that we all had for each other. And that team was touted the best base, high school baseball team ever in 1979. They had Daryl Strawberry. Who was, who was, of course, ended up being the number one pick. Yeah. Chris Brown was drafted in the second round by San Francisco the year before. Uh, the whole entire team got drafted. Everybody got drafted. I was the bat boy, and I got drafted. So that was an extremely, extremely That's, talented team. Yeah. Extremely talented. I remember. I, You know, it's interesting when you talk about that that stadium. I used to play at that stadium, yeah. the Compton Stadium. Compton, the, yeah, I, I, well, I don't think it was called Gonzalo. I, it was just, I just remember the stadium. It was called the stadium. They didn't call yeah. it Gonzalo. I remember it the we, we would go to Compton and play in the stadium. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it was just, uh, I had a great time when I first moved out here because I was just, you know, I was getting away from everything. And, you know, people heard about me. And then, mm-hmm. so they put me, it was just so much fun playing in the, in the in the men's leagues and all the other organized baseball out here yeah it was just so much fun yeah and that's what you know it's it's interesting how the game a sport can unite doesn't matter where you come from i was listening to you talking about playing with i mean i grew up playing stickball yeah that was my game stickball 
I mean, if they had a pro stickball league, I probably would have wanted to play that. <laughs> I mean, we, and you know, and, and, and I could still see it, the chalking of the box. We yeah. used to chalk a box and then, and then if the box, you know, then if a little chalk had on the ball, you call it a strike. You know, and I remember there was always cheaters. They would carry chalk in their pocket and they'd put a nick on the way. Hey, see, that was a strike. You know, it was like six feet outside, you know, and it's, we had so much fun by the way we did it, but you learned to play the game. Well, you know, it's camaraderie, it's, it's the work ethic of, of the skills that you acquire as an athlete and in sports. And uh, even when you go through trials and tribulation, that can't kind of serves as a foundation for you to do other things in your life, right? Well, you, you want to get up and, and get it and you don't quit and you compete and it, it's yeah. about getting stuff done. But yeah. Reggie, the interesting part, you know, I, I, I've been doing a little coaching and the problem is all the coaching outside of Venice high school that I was doing some coaching Coach at, okay. uh, with, with, uh, Rudy was I coached Crossroads, Pacific Palisades, all the entitled little kids. <laughs> and mommy and daddy, they they think they can buy their 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 kids' statistics and wins and base hits by putting so much money in their hands. Yeah. And that's what annoyed me. But when you grow up in the schoolyards, that doesn't happen. Yeah. It's you against the guy you're playing against. Exactly. And well, you, you develop that competitive spirit, that, yeah. that ability to go ahead and say, we're going to compete. After we're done, we might shake hands and, and, and go out and do what we do. But yeah. when it's happening, it's time to get it all. Exactly. Yeah, Reggie, <laughs> but, but you hit it on the head when you said it was a way of carrying through life a determination and an attitude for success. Right. That's you know, honestly. Overcome challenges and that part of that things when you went through your journey. Is, is those foundational things. What's funny is it segues back to the first thing I said to you. You said you were a picture, and yeah. I said I didn't like you. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the mindset that I, I developed oh, yeah. in my Absolutely. sports career. And like, I don't take you, that. If you I, go against me, yeah. I don't like you. If, you if know you, what I mean? And right. I don't care. We're competing. I, I don't, I'm don't. i trying to bust your butt. You right. know what I'm saying? I want yeah. to real, win. Real simple. One thing for you, too. I'm going to throw out a name. Okay. Brooks Hurst. No, he's a head coach of Christian High, but he, I think yeah. he played out at Venice. Yeah, Venice, I, I'm not, I, you know, I'm so bad with names, yeah, but Brooks you know, Hurst. it's funny how you just said that. I remember Vince. one time there were these, you you know, some guys came up and they thought they were really hot shots and all yeah. of that, and they were wearing yellow jerseys. And you don't really mm -hmm. see yellow jerseys. Mm -hmm. And right before the first pitch, I stood up and I went, I hate the color yellow. And I let everybody know it, that I was going to be. And of course, first pitch was underneath somebody's neck and, you know, got his uniform dirty. And I love that. I love that. That competitive mindset. Oh, I'd be the first. Figuring it out. I'd be the first to say to somebody, hey, see if it can hit off his back. I never saw a guy who could hit off his back yet. And I put him right on his back. <laughs> you throw one at somebody's head. They're not going to dig in too no. tough. No. That. I, oh I, no! I started pitching too, so I picked up some of that. Oh, yeah, no. I saw that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I used to. Now, I hate baseball. Mm -hmm. You do? Because you know, when I was a kid, I, I was very, very poor, 
if we could afford to wear glasses, I'd have glasses until I was like, uh, I remember you saying that you told me that. Right? So I got cut from the, from the youth baseball team. I could uh, outrun everybody. Uh, you really all can't. I couldn't see the ball because it was all on me. I couldn't uh, hit the boo boo. Uh, they cut my behind. I don't like this stuff. And then my little brother was a great baseball player, right? But I couldn't see the ball. Uh, <laughs> you got to be able to see the ball. You got to be able to see the ball. I was, blessed. I was blessed. You know, I, I actually did well in all sports. Um, but baseball was my passion. Oh, my I, I couldn't jump high for basketball. Uh, football, you know, I mean, I was tough. I did my thing. But as we got older, with me being younger, being 13, right. was, 14 in high school, I was not messing with them big grown men in, in high school. I just couldn't deal with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So baseball was my sport. That's what I chose. But again, that's why you matured as a yeah. player in, in junior college. Yeah, exactly. And you and when you were in your physical exactly. realm that you needed to be to be competitive. Exactly. Right? Playing against high school, my age. you're two, three years too, too young. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right? You had you had Andrew Brosberg. You had went through the maturity process. Yeah. And life is just about adapting, adjusting, and, and continue to go forward. That's one of the great things that athletics allows you to do is to develop the, the mindset of competition, mm -hmm. uh, the mindset of overcoming the challenges and never quitting. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because of what happens in life, mm -hmm. it, it, it it's innate, becomes an innate part of you mm -hmm. if you have that competitive spirit and you adapt and you just continue to move forward. Nobody can tell you, I'm going to punk you because you know, you have that mindset oh, yeah. of, let's go. Let's go. That's why I still want to throw a baseball. As, as we talked last week, uh, which I admitted, as I told you, for the first time to myself, and then I, you were the second person to hear it, and we'd put it over the air. I admitted that I don't think I'm going to be in a uniform anymore competing against kids. But... I will always throw. I'll throw batting practice. Mm -hmm. I will throw against the wall. Mm -hmm. I just want to throw a baseball. I don't need yeah. to impress anyone because I can't play at a, a certain level that of my own expectations. Yeah. And if I can't, I don't want somebody saying, oh, I remember him. <laughs> you know, he would have killed you. Look at him now. He's yeah. just, you know, just a shell of himself. I, I had two torn rotator cuffs. So throwing is not going to be in my package. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys what a wonderful exceptional day i'm reginald grant this is thursdays with arnie we have our special guests again you can find me at reginaldgrant.com arniecostell.com and my instagram for my artwork arnie costell and arnie's a fantastic watercolor painter and actually creates some nfts you'll be seeing that at nfts by athletes.com and uh, Joe Jones, you can find me and my book and my platform at truthforchange.life. That's T-R-U-T-H, the number four, C-H-A-N-G-E dot life. You'll find everything about me. You'll find everything about my platform and what I'm trying to accomplish. And his new book is The Tragic Life of a Black L.A. Cop, Truth for Change by Joe Jones. Have a great day, and we'll see you next week. It's been Thursdays with Arnie.